0: we have a killer episode for you guys. We called our auto editor Ezra Dyer down in North Carolina and had him play a game we call 30 Second Car Salesman, with some of his picks for Popular Mechanics Car Awards. Then we had the guys from Momentum Drums, a really unique and fun musical group based here in NYC that builds light-up drums and homemade rigs. They spent about 20 minutes in Roy's tool room picking out tools that they thought would make fun sounds, then came in and showed us how to make music out of stuff you've probably got in your garage. Finally, on our testing table, we tried out a brand new category of headphones that you can't even tell you're wearing. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and you're listening to the most useful podcast ever. We have with us here Ezra Dyer, who is Popular Mechanics' car editor, and he is down in North North Carolina. Is that where you are?
1: North Carolina. Yeah.
0: I know we just had our car awards come out. And so I wanted to play a game that we're going to call the 30-second car salesman. So basically, I'm going to give you the people that come into your hypothetical car dealership. You're going to try to sell me a car. Well,
1: I'm, a, I'm a horrible salesman, but I'll give it a try.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's start with, uh, with a guy who commutes 20,000 miles a year uh, but doesn't make a lot of money. He walks in there and wants a car. What do you, what do you suggest?
1: All right, what am I going to have to do to get you into this Chevy Cruise premiere today, <laughs> sir? Uh, it's got a 1.4 liter turbo. It gets great mileage, uh, probably around 40 on the highway. That's going to be good with all the driving you're doing. It's got a really nice interior. The interior looks like it could be in a Cadillac, really. You've got some self-driving capabilities. You know, when you're dri- when you're covering all that mileage, man, you're going to want that car to be able to, you know, maybe keep itself in the lane if you, uh, you doze off or something. And for 28000 bucks, look, I'll give it to you for less than, well, you know, I'll cut a deal. I'm going to go talk to the manager, but I think you can probably get it for less than twenty-eight grand too. So it's kind of like all the big car features that you would get in something uh, like a Cadillac, uh, but just shrunken down into a Chevy Cruze. It's refined, it's a car that's not going to beat you up, and you need to drive it out of the dealership today.
0: <laughs> you're amazing at this. I don't, I, I Maybe think yeah, that was really I,
1: good. I'm in the wrong, uh, You're yeah, in the wrong car
0: the editor. You need to go work at a used car
1: dealership. Well, you always got to have a backup plan.
0: <laughs> All right, let's try another one. So a couple comes in and they've got a new baby. They've already got one car at home. What would you What would you do there?
1: Okay, well, I don't even need to know what that other car is to know that whatever the new car that they, they're going to want Listen, you're gonna want something big. You're gonna want three rows. You don't think you need it now, but you're gonna need it because the smaller the human being, the more crap that they require whenever you go anywhere. <laughs> and rear-facing car seats, I mean, you, they they take up more room than having uh, you know the new pole sitting behind you in the second row. So. What are going to need? I'm going to say you're going to need this Dodge Durango. It's been out for a few years now, but they redesigned it a couple years ago, and it was based on the Mercedes GL because it was, uh, it was designed back when Mercedes owned Chrysler. So it's kind of like a cut-price Mercedes dressed as a Dodge. Uh, based on a rear-wheel drive platform, it's going to out-handle all those front-drive crossovers. that can actually go off-road if you care to do that. Wow. And uh, you can get it with a V eight. So this is what you want when you have a new baby. You want something bigger than you need because guess what? You're actually going to need it. Wow. You seem to
0: have a strategy here of comparing the cars to fancier cars. Is that a is that a standard car sales trick?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm probably going to want to upsell you. So I'm gonna. I'm. I'm going to put positive connotations in your mind. You know. You're. You're looking at this $33,000 Durango, but I'm telling you, it's, it's it's not that dissimilar from that seventy grand Mercedes. So why don't you get in and take a test drive?
0: Awesome. Um, I definitely want to go off-roading with my baby, so I think that that's probably a good choice.
1: <laughs> Start <me on>. him <laughs> young.
0: Okay, here's another one. Uh, there's a girl. She's 18 years old. She's going off to college at the State University, and she is going to be driving pretty much only to and from school you know, to see your parents uh, and then, you know, hopefully not doing anything else. No, uh, I'm kidding. But, uh, but she's going to live on campus and isn't really going to drive it much. What does, a? and obviously not a lot of money here. You're looking at an 18-year-old. Um, what, what kind of car would you say for that?
1: In that particular situation, you just sort of want the least expensive thing that's not going to be miserable. Okay. And in that realm, all the little cars, you know, they're a little bit miserable. But there's one that's at least interesting, and that's the Ford Fiesta EcoBoost. It's got a turbocharged one-liter three-cylinder, uh, and it's, I think it's 123 horsepower, which is pretty punchy for a little car like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get it with a manual. You might only be able to get it with a manual, actually. So there you go. You're going to learn how to drive a manual. It's going to make <laughs> you more interested in driving and less in texting. Uh, and you're going to drive that thing to and from college and not spend a ton on gas. And when you're parking it, you're not worried about depreciation because it didn't cost that much in the first place. Right. So there you go. It's a it's a cheap car that you can be proud of.
0: Cool. What color?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with a violent lime green, I think. <laughs> I, forget what, I forget what they call it. It's, it's got some obnoxious name.
0: Um, okay. So now we've got a guy who comes in, or girl, um, comes in, and money is no object. This is a, a CEO, a rich person, uh, and they're just like, you know what, I want the best thing out there, all the options. money's no object. What, a, what do I get? What should I get?
1: Okay, now here's the thing. The reason that you became so rich is because money actually, on some level it, isn't, it, it, it does matter. So even though you've got a lot of money, you don't want to waste it. So I'm going to say what you want is a McLaren 570S which is actually the the entry level McLaren uh it's around $185,000. It's certainly not cheap, but for that money, uh you're getting a car that it weighs about 2800 pounds carbon fiber, it's got crazy doors which you're going to want, and it does everything that the more expensive supercars do. It's screaming fast, makes great noises when you pull up to the uh to the club and you open those doors. It 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 functionally looks just like anything that costs a half million dollars, wow. and it's great to drive, and it's from a company that has a Formula One race history. It's just a, uh, you know, even if I had a hundred million dollars burning a hole in my pocket, I might go out and get a McLaren 570s because I don't know that it gets a lot better than that.
0: Is this the one that goes? The doors go up instead of sideways.
1: Yeah, they go. They got the doors. Got to go up, and you know, I haven't driven the uh, Ferrari 488 yet, but you know, you, you can never go wrong with a V8 mid-engine Ferrari. I'll say that, but the <laughs> doors aren't crazy. You know, the doors aren't crazy, and I, you know, I really need more attention. So if I'm gonna have a car like that, it's going to be bright, bright orange, and have crazy doors.
0: Yeah, I mean, what? What's the point of spending that amount of money if you're not gonna have a bright orange car? Tangerine? Well, you can't get a tangerine dream one, though, can you?
1: You got to say, look at me. And when you're in the parking lot, the uh, the best move when you get a car with doors like that is, you know, when you're backing up, you can just sit on the sill with the doors up and back up. You know, that's. That's what the uh, the stud Italian drivers at Lamborghini do, and they're you know they're tooling around the parking lot. I can't I can't see behind me, so I'm just gonna sit on the ledge here and back up with the door open, just looking cool as hell.
0: Oh man, so you can do
1: that too.
2: Wow,
0: yep. um, I'm really getting into this one. I I think this is my my new persona. I'm gonna do the go room. buy a Powerball. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then the last one, we're gonna just do one more. Uh, what about Grandpa? You know, he is he goes to the golf course, he goes to church, he goes to the um he goes to the hardware store but he isn't you know his visibility maybe isn't that great and he's been driving for a long time wants something reliable what is what's what do we get for him
1: i have the perfect answer and uh you know screw getting uh, an old uh you know buick century or something grandpa i think grandpa should have a lexus rcf and here's why Grandpa should have a coupe because he doesn't care anymore about anybody but himself. He's the one who's paying for this car. <laughs> he, might have, he might have someone in the back seats now and then, but the Lexus RCF, it has usable back seats. It's also got 467 horsepower, and it can kind of play a dual role, where if you're just loafing along, taking it easy, it can be, it can be that Lexus uh, that's refined and quiet and all that. But if you click it over into Sport Plus mode, it suddenly gets loud and angry, and a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, there's no reason not to have an excessively fast car just because you are retired. And, uh, you know, you've got to keep, keep on living, Grandpa. Get the Lexus RCF and have a stylish, selfish coupe that is also practical and reliable.
0: <laughs> that is great advice.
1: And uh, it's one of the last naturally aspirated big V8 cars out there. And uh, enjoy it while it lasts. That's what I say.
0: So this is just a question for you. Um, I don't know how many cars you have, um, and I know you get to drive all sorts of them all the time. If you were going to walk into a car dealership right now, what car would you sell yourself?
1: What car would I get myself? Yeah. Uh, I, I think about that all the time uh, because every time I drive something new, I, I tend to put myself in the position of, could this be my next car? And the one that I keep lusting after, uh, and caveat, I haven't driven a Tesla Model X yet, but it, it checks the boxes with being really fast and having silly doors. It's got the Falcon Falcon wing doors. Uh-huh. Um, but the Volvo XC90 is the one that I would see. I need a three-row crossover type thing. That's what I have now. Uh-huh. I, need it to, I need it to be able to tow and... Man, that XC90 just looks – it looks hot. It looks good on the outside. It it looks spectacular on the inside. And they've got a new plug-in hybrid model that I just drove a few weeks ago that uh, I think it can do about 17 miles in electric mode. So it's not – it doesn't have crazy range, but that's enough mm-hmm. for a lot of people to get around if you want to just drive an electric three-row SUV. Uh, it's one of the only ones out there right now. So um, if I were going to go splurge on a new car, I would probably get the – XC90 T8 twin engine, because any car that has the words twin engine in its title is something that I'm going to be uh, compelled to want.
0: <laughs> what does that actually mean? I, I'm, I'm outing myself as not uh, not really a car person here, but
1: uh, twin it's got a, a twin engine in, in the uh, Volvo. The new Volvo vernacular means that it has a supercharged and turbocharged four-cylinder up front, driving the front wheels. And it has a BC electric motor. I think it's 80-something horsepower driving the rear wheels. So it's essentially they took a front-wheel drive car and uh, put a separate electric powertrain at the back to make it all-wheel drive, which is is pretty cool. Uh, It's a little unusual. It means that when you're in electric mode, you're driving around in rear-wheel drive because it's just on the electric motor. (laughs) And then when you're in uh, hybrid mode, you've got all-wheel drive. So it's it's kind of funky, but I think it's a uh, it's a novel approach and it's interesting. And you know, crossovers are also definitely boring. That if you just have one that has some personality, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep looking at that one.
0: <laughs> now I gotta go car shopping.
1: You should go find yourself a new uh, lime green Ford. <laughs> <laughs> or no, let's see. I, I I'm trying to think where where you're at. The yeah, young professional in the city. Uh, Uber. That's what you need.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's pretty much what I'm using, so.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay,
0: so for our testing table this week, we have Alex George here, who has cool stuff with him. I'm pretty excited about these, despite the fact that I've disparaged them on this podcast before.
3: What's, which, what have you disparaged?
0: Well, I disparage Bluetooth headphones. And I said that they. I was afraid that they would, you know, go out on public transit, and then everyone would be lis- hearing me listen to Share. I don't listen to Share, but something like that. Hypothetically, yeah, yes. hypothetically, me listening to Share. Um, and and I also hate charging them. But now you said you were telling me just a minute ago that there are a ton of different companies that are looking into
3: these wireless,
0: basically earbuds that are a lot smaller and a lot less obnoxious looking.
3: That's correct. And the thing we should establish first is you are absolutely right. That majority of Bluetooth headphones, anything that goes in your head that's Bluetooth is kind of undignified. The, but this is going back to the little Bluetooth microphones that you would put on for your phone. Right. Everybody thinks those are still lame. Okay. It's something about etiquette. Okay. Good.
0: I'm glad I'm not going to because I was like, I'd hate those.
3: <laughs> so those things are bad. The I even don't like they make they've been making over ear headphones, which are they look like regular kind of over ear headphones like we're using right now. But they have Bluetooth modules in them, so they're wireless. You just
0: gave it away to our listeners that we're wearing headphones. They can't see us.
3: This is. We could look really great. We're so handsome on radio. (laughs) So that they look, but they look kind of ridiculous without the cord in there. I'm not sure what it is, but at least for me, there's something about that that doesn't look quite right with a Bluetooth headset of some sort. But in use, they're awesome. It's so nice to not have the cord catching on your jacket or anything, or having to have it pulling the headphones out of your pocket and they're all tangled. That that especially is a huge thing that uh, just is an everyday kind of pain that Bluetooth gets rid of.
0: Okay, so what company, I mean, you have a set right there. What company is this? What are those things?
3: So the company is Erato, E-R-A-T-O, and the model is the Apollo 7. And the reason these are remarkable... I, I've been... Hey, what happened to the first six Apollos? I know, what right? To
2: the first one.
3: I was looking up to see if there was a remarkable thing. Did Tom Hanks make a movie about the Apollo <laughs> 7? No, but they... So the company is remarkable in that these types... So these are earbuds. They're like the size... You know, if you... The two of them are about... If you cut it, it's like a baby carrot if you cut it in half. Okay. Uh, they're about that big. They go in your ear and... This idea has been around for the last few years. Companies have been making claims about how they're saying we have a prototype or they're doing a Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. We called up every single one of them that we could find and none of them had working prototypes. Maybe two or three of them had working prototypes, but none of them were actually coming to market anytime, And they had no date for when they're actually sending them out. This company, they're actually sent, you're gonna be able to buy them as a civilian for. um, A civilian? Yeah, well, as in they have a Kickstarter campaign that's funding the production, not the actual development. They've already developed the product. Oh, okay. So,
0: how soon can you buy these?
3: You can pre order them now. They're arriving in June. If you buy them now on Kickstarter, I think if they still have any slots available, it's like reached four or five times the goal of whatever. They're selling them for 250 bucks. Those retail ones are 290, around 300 bucks. Sounds like a lot of money, but I'll explain why I would actually spend okay, that much before money. Before
0: you get into that, why you'd spend that much money, um, w- my first question, they're tiny. They're like little nubbins. It's like the top of your index finger. Aren't you afraid that if you spend $300 on something of that size that you will lose it?
3: Completely, yeah. And it's like the uh, same thing. I've put Fitbits and everything through the washing machine before, and that is, that's a bummer. But So what, the way these things work is... So you have the little earbuds, and they come with a case. It's a little bit bigger than like a Tic Tac container. And so what you do is you pop them out, and they have these little cradles that they go into. And with the cr- so the container is itself a battery. The headphones kind of r- snap into place here. I'll sh- this is it opening. Oh, whoa, it just like shot out. It's like a. And then you snap them into place. little thing. And you snap it shut. And It's completely shut. It's not going to jostle open or anything like that. And so what I thought was, yeah, of course, I'm going to drop these, you know, between a sewer grade or something like that. Yeah. But you take them out. Whenever I take them out, you put them back in this container. It's a substantial container, lock them in, put it back in your pocket. And I haven't come close to losing them yet. I thought the exact same thing. But wow. they've actually in actual practical use. They actually work. How long have you been using these? It's about a week right now.
0: OK. At, and like every day.
3: They've completely replaced my other headphones. Wow! So they so, th-
0: so that thing charges them. What charges that?
3: A micro USB cable. Okay. So the ba- all right. If you want, I'll put all the geeky details in the web description of this about how big it is. But I've been using them for about a week. I've charged it, I think twice, uh, just you know for maybe a half hour. I've charged the actual case. They have not the headphones themselves on your phone. You can see how much charge is left in the connected device they have not dipped below half of their charging. So I've, I've not run out of space. I think it's maybe four hours of listening is what they claim. Okay. Char- uh, I've not run out of charge.
0: It's okay, so I'm a, I'm a runner, and I actually need to get new uh, earbuds of some sort for running, and normally what I use are just the crappiest ones that you can possibly get. So would these be good for something like that, or is my running strike gonna jar them out of my ears?
3: That was what I, so I've been reading some other reviews about them. People complain that, They'd be chewing, and then that opens up their ears, and it falls out. Oh. So if you buy a pair of exercise headphones, they typically come with this thing. It looks like half of a yin-yang symbol, mm-hmm. this little kind of semi-circle thing. Yep. What it does is it lodges inside your ear, and it holds the headphone in place that way. That sounds like a, an Amazonian bug. the That kind of a thing <laughs> that lodges in your ear? <laughs> it lodges the in my ear. The ear-seeking insects yes, that exactly. burrow in there and lay their eggs? Yes. It's not that. It's not a lie, I can <laughs> tell. But yes, it, it so it does that. It kind of holds it in place, and I've worn them. I've worn them in a helmet. I've worn them uh, while running, and they have not fallen out. The other thing that's cool—they're water and sweat resistant. Apparently, they can survive a dunk in water. You just let it, you air dry them, or let them air out; they'll be okay. Oh. So I, I've, I was ready that's to I think find that's that. That's how I
0: usually ruin my
3: my CVS headphones—is by
0: sweating all over them.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, the interior. The exterior is co- it's all this nano-coating that makes it, so it won't actually get affected by that. Okay. Do they have any
0: kind of warranty or anything like
3: that? Uh, they haven't given out the details about that yet. When it goes on sale, I'm sure they'll have more you know, stuff like that. Okay. But as far as I can tell, so the guy who designed them, he designed the first prototype for Beats headphones back when they were, you know, Monster, uh, owned by Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, the company is legit. That's the other thing. That's, again... Every other company we called, they're just like we don't have them ready. They'll be out, you know, Q4, mm-hmm. whatever. This company's actually making them, and for a Kickstarter campaign that's actually got testable units and they're sending them out, that's usually an indicator that's going to be an actually legit product.
0: Do, do you think it's dangerous? Is it considered generally dangerous for someone to have headphones in that are not observable by other people? Like, Ooh. if you're, you know, if you're walk- crossing the street and you've got headphones on, I know to try to push you out of the way of a car rather than yell at you, hey, you're going to get hit by a car. But if you've got these tiny little earbuds in, nobody can see them. Some guy's like, stop, you're about to get hit by a fire truck. You know, you have, no one knows that you can't hear them. Sure. You know, Maybe they, I'm just being old by being afraid of that. But, you know, that's, I, I guess that would be something that I'd, I'd wonder, like, is, any, is anyone worried about this?
3: Your apps, this does touch on a larger point that is absolutely valid, that when they're small like this, there's something that. When they're small like this and there's no external indication that you are – your sense is t- deprived in mm-hmm, some way, mm-hmm. that is kind of unsettling. I think that's completely true, no mm-hmm. matter what. And, well, it's uh, the same
0: as when people used to walk around with the Bluetooth headsets on and be talking to themselves and you wouldn't be able to tell from far away that they were on the phone.
3: And that's and schizophrenic. Then everybody
0: – yeah, right. Everyone would be like, I'm going to cross the street. That guy looks weird. Yeah.
3: yeah. That's – yeah, that's completely a part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is probably the best example of that because is, if you have you know, slightly long hair that goes below your earlobe, you cannot tell that you have them in. Right. Um, I have not yet uh, encountered any adverse effects like that, mm-hmm. but we are, this is a, uh, a, a rant for another time about how it, it is your responsibility when you have something like this in there to be exceptionally aware of your surroundings because right. they do, when they fit right, you are pretty cut off uh, from any sound indicators and crossing the street, man, when you're doing this is, yeah. It's danger. Yeah, yeah you
0: got to be aware. Okay. Um, do you think this is the future of headphones or one, or one of many possible futures?
3: In some iteration, it's probably going to be this way. I don't know whether it's going to be Bluetooth whether that's going to be the standard, but I think that the devices – have gotten so good that you they can actually fit them into something this small. Mm-hmm. And I, I set my phone down on one side of my uh, living room, went, went to the other side, went around walls, all that stuff. We're gonna pretend like I have a bigger apartment than I actually do, for the <laughs> sake of this argument. But I, it worked around corners and everything. It's really strong, and the signal didn't you know cut out or anything like that. Uh, when it's actually, this, this is the thing, is when it's actually this easy, people start using it. And the benefit of not having a wire, as long as this, uh, you know, people aren't prone to losing it. I think this makes sense for a lot of, you know, this entire branch to move forward.
0: Right. Um, when Kevin came on my podcast recently to talk about his super tight shorts, he actually had them on under his pants the whole time. Do you have these on underneath your headphones? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> you just rip your headphones off and it turns out you've had Surprise! them on the whole time.
3: <laughs> they protrude a little bit too much to get away with something <laughs> like that. get away that. with
0: headphones under headphones.
3: Yeah. And uh, it, I, would, uh, I would have to say, What? if I actually had them in, because they kind of oh, cut you off loud. like that. But yeah, they are kind of, uh, there was an episode of The Office a long time ago where Jim had something, he said, this is the, you know, this really small black market Chinese Bluetooth re- headset that he uh-huh. just had in his ear. Uh-huh. You can walk around without anybody knowing that you're having a phone conversation or that you're listening to a podcast. Uh-huh. And you can kind of get away with that just in the same in a, way. Just
0: sitting in a meeting, with maybe sitting in a meeting with one in. This is actually, when I recently reported that story, Um, I went out to Indianapolis and embedded with a bunch of high school students and hung out with them in school to to see what they were doing that was different from the way we all went to school. And one of the things they said was uh, that they would sit in class with one earbud in and one earbud out because that way they could listen to whatever it was they were listening to but also hear the teacher.
3: So maybe the solution is just wear one. That could be – and if you want to –
0: If you want to be a complete jerk in your meetings.
3: Any situation where you don't want to give somebody your full attention – now you have a solution that's even more inconspicuous. Church. <laughs>
0: PTA meetings.
3: Oh, the possibilities for parents, too. <laughs> Endless. Finally. Endless.
0: yes, uh, Parents and their children. No one has to listen to anyone anymore. <laughs> you could just be listening to music and podcasts like ours the whole time. We have some very special guests today in the Most Useful Podcast Ever podcast room. Um, These are the guys from Momentum Drums, which I believe is an independent... You guys are independent, right? It's your own thing? Correct.
4: Yes. Yes, we are.
0: Cool. Uh, And you're Nick Carbone?
5: I am Nick
4: Carbone. You're
0: Nick Carbone. Uh, And we also have Manny Azoria. Hello there. And Peter Orozco.
4: How's it going, everyone?
0: So Roy, who's a, a regular guest on this show, has an office that's basically a workshop and he has like hammers and drills. <laughs> it's like a, tw- I mean, it's, it's like a fantasy garage. Um, and we let you guys in there and it was really fun. You guys were just like making noises with stuff. And I think the entire <laughs> office was fascinated. What did you guys choose and, and why, what are you looking for when you're in there?
4: Uh, well, I guess, um, you know, we've, we've done this kind of stuff a lot before, uh, you know uh, I'm I'm in the show stomp myself and uh, you know it's a show where you play all sorts of uh, random things you're on garbage cans we're walking on oil drums and things like that so I have a lot of experience and then when Peter and I um, in high school started playing for things like pep rallies and stuff like that uh, oh, yeah. we started you know creating choreography and music on like stools and mm-hmm. as you've uh, as you've done this for Years and years and years, you start to kind of get to know like the sounds that you want okay. out of random things, you know, like, uh, for example, and you try to apply like real life instruments to these um found objects okay. so for example we're drummers so like if we are on a drum kit there's um there's a multitude of sounds there's the snare drum which is like one of the highest sounding drums and there's the toms that are kind of mids there's the bass drum that's the deep bass notes and the cymbals and so uh you try to apply to that to the stuff that you're picking out if you're in a garage or okay you know um somewhere where you just want to play like found objects so we i picked out um, there's like, I don't know, some box that came in from like Amazon or something that's here. There's a <laughs> what spackle of our many bucket. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so boxes are really good, Nick, if you want to hold it up and just kind of hit it to the mic. Boxes are sound really great as like a bass drum. Um, if you hit them right in the center, they're kind of deep. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
4: Um, yeah, just like that. And uh, spackle buckets also are really, really great for a bass sound. Yeah. Or. Or you can hit the rim and then you have okay. kind of like a snare drum kind of sound. Um, and then we just have a bunch of other little trinkets here. There's a, a power drill that we brought that we like to play with all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know, there's just a lot of, a lot of different tools. <laughs>
0: Those are little like brushy things. Really
4: yeah, cool. they're just like wire brushes that Nick keeps <laughs> splintering <laughs> his hands with. Um, so yeah, I think that's what we're looking for as musicians and drummers. We're also, We're always trying to find things that I mean you don't you can't really know exactly what a thing is going to sound like but you do want like a high low medium tones and things like that and then maybe something that you can create a melody with so uh, some of these uh, socket wrenches and stuff that we have um, we discovered just even a few months ago we were we had a gig in Vegas for CES and um, we discovered that they all have like very specific pitches and we were playing around with those and so Uh, We saw that you guys had a couple of uh, some of that stuff out in the in the shed over here, so we grabbed those as well. So cool. We used to we used to do a lot of like found stuff, like we you know we would grab things from garages and and play on this stuff. But ever since I got into Stomp, there was a thing of like let's not do the same thing that I'm doing on stage at Stomp. And Uh so, um, so we it's like Momentum Drums has really evolved in the way of like. We like creating really interesting concepts. Um, All our lights have, like, these custom LED things. Like, Nick is, like, a a tech whiz, and so, like, um, we're always trying to find new ways to, like, incorporate technology and stuff into... Um, our performances, yeah, and so the drums lighting up the way that they do is a really cool thing that people really love. Yeah, um, wait, so
0: you made the drums light up? I've seen this from you guys. Benny they... installed the latest, the, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. latest, the latest version.
4: <laughs> the, the latest <laughs> versions. I've, I've taught him well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but we like we love using technology in our performances. We've we've run into a wall a couple times where we.
5: Had a great idea. We said, Oh, we want to do, you know, a wall of drums with this projection mapping and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's do it. And then we couldn't find the technology out there to do what was in our head. Uh-huh. Um, so we've run up to that a couple of times where you know the technology's out there, it's it's like starting to come together, but you know, we have to like source stuff in China sometimes, and uh-huh. that takes a while, and uh-huh. there's no real tech support and stuff. So, like definitely the dreams are getting bigger. And we're hoping that all the, like the technology, the like consumer electronics, even catches up to yep. we can get our hands yeah. easily on some stuff that we can build some of these dreams. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. You know, like we get we get um, offers for gigs sometimes that are like, okay, here it's a, it's an NBA theme, so we have to come up with something that we like they want to see us walk on the court and and come up with a groove and like get people involved that way. But sometimes we get, you know, a bunch of like, for instance, today you said, oh, check out this room, find uh-huh. what you want. Uh huh to make music with so that happens a lot too right and so some gigs are gonna be all organic instruments like tools or um, one time we did something for Delta that was everything on a beverage card that you would find (laughs) on an airplane so it was like a teapot (laughs) the beverage card itself plastic cups um, you know utensils and bags of pretzels and stuff and like we make it work we had a gig for Lenovo one time and it was they were they were um, on they were unveiling a new tablet and so they wanted us to only use their tablets and so that was like that opened up a whole Right, a whole that's got to be
0: tough cuz it's only one sound.
5: Well, no, it's, it's the thing is it's the op- it's, it's, it's almost lot. like unlimited oh, really? <laughs> because of the app store or yeah. whatever they oh, had on on the uh, oh, operating right. system. Okay. I, I you know, we found we found uh, drum sequencers, and we found synthesizers, and we found, oh, wow. and then we had to like link them together and and have them send DMX lighting information out to the to the drums and like so. See, clearly, I, I'm,
0: I'd be bad at your job because I was like, <laughs> bang the tablet on no, the stage. No, you thing. Did not banging the tablet. <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you guys uh, get all your stuff out, and then we're gonna let you guys play and see what happens. Great, cool. awesome. <laughs> that was awesome.
5: That was amazing. That what was that?
4: That like that wow. great I don't know. Thing. It just started like it was like a natural <laughs> reverb or something.
5: It's the saw. No, it's, it's this. The, it's the inside of the box. This right? plus vibrating on the box. Oh, wow.
0: So that's our show. The most useful podcast ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jack Dylan. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics editor-in-chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about cars of all sorts, check out the Popular Mechanics Car Awards at popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening. You're about to get hit by a fire truck.